In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Nilly Tamaras. And this is the Betch Up Podcast. For C-SPAN, use the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news. And politics. You know, we're talking about a lot of different group chats today. It's really mm-hmm. a heavy group chat episode. There's a lot of text messages to mm-hmm. unpack. The, yeah. I said it like a Gen X for a boomer. Text messages today. <laughs> Textual communications. I mean, I will say that the moral of this entire episode will be just always remember that your texts can be subpoenaed and be read aloud in a court of law. So shit. Keep yeah. that in mind when you're texting, friends. Yeah, every single one. I mean, we're talking about quite a lot of text today. Billionaire text messages, Fox News text messages, text messages among Fox News billionaires. But, you know, that got me thinking as our little our little group chat icebreaker. How would we all describe our texting styles? Mm, I'm definitely one of those people who sends like two to three words at a time, which I know yes. drives some people crazy. But I text like I'm on AIM. Yeah. I love that. and Because uh, you're setting the tone. Yeah, that's exactly it is that I'm like, well, I want these pauses to be incorporated. Yeah, <laughs> I want it to, be, it to be read in a comedic way. Yes. <laughs> well, also, sometimes I'm like, I want you to know I'm processing this as I'm writing. Yeah. And, yeah. I feel like I write like very like, like broken up. And then also, um, I either write back immediately or it takes me like, 20 hours. To right. Because it's mm-hmm. either you're having, you know, short, quick, rapid response reactions where you're kind of like stream of consciousness processing as you're talking. Mm-hmm. But then you have the ones where it's like you're checking, you're responding three days after it happened. I'm pretty bad yeah. at like letting those like quick, like we're having a conversation and then I'll just like get distracted. And then three yeah. days later, I'm like, yeah, Shit. And I'm gone. I know. Yeah. That's, I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm also like the things that I'm most likely to read, leave on red are like requests that I need to actually like look at something exactly, or like yeah. look at my calendar or whatever. And then I forget or something. And now I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't answer this person. Or if someone sends me something that I like a meme or like a TikTok or something that I'm supposed to look at, but I can't look at it in that yeah. moment, I'll end up like forgetting. And then the next time I go back to the messages, I'm like, oh, shit, they sent me like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. multiple TikToks to watch. But you are just like, oh shit, I got to catch up here. It's not paralyzing mm-hmm. to you. Because for me, sometimes I'm like, well, I can't come back. I simply must abandon this and then maybe we'll never speak again. Oh but- my God. <laughs> I usually will come back at some point at a later yeah. time because the knowing that it hung in limbo gives me more anxiety than the comeback. Though I don't love coming back and being like, hey, sorry, I totally didn't fucking answer you for many, many days. Sometimes, well, and that's kind of like the dating app stuff, right, too? Because that is a kind of texting. And you're texting a stranger, and then it's like, 
then they're like, where'd you grow up and all this stuff. And then you're like trying to maintain mm-hmm. a conversation. But yeah. then sometimes it's like, I want to write you back quickly, but I also want a thoughtful response that makes it sound like I really am listening. And then I want to ask you questions and then I get busy and distracted. I got to walk my dog. I got to do it. And then I'm like, holy shit. I did not text this guy back mm-hmm. for two days. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. I'm the fuck boy here. So. Well, and it's also like, it's tough because that's one of those conversations where like, normally that's a conversation that you would have in person where you're getting to know each other and you would be like, you wouldn't be like, actually, I have to walk my dog in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, right? But like, when it's happening over text, you are doing all these other things and you do get distracted. And you end up being like, oh, shit, I never told him how many siblings I have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have found that I think it took me a little while to realize how much of communication among acquaintances moved to Instagram stories. Like, mm. So many acquaintances are maintained there where it's like you would never text a lot of people whose stories you respond to, right? Like you might not necessarily set up a coffee date, but say suddenly – like say there's somebody who responds to your stories a lot and you're like, all right, I guess we like like and enjoy each other's lives. Should mm-hmm. we Should we text as well? But yeah, I realized I, I was like, how come I never talk to anyone I know anymore? I was like, because I don't text anyone back and I don't reply to anyone's Instagram stories. So I had to like recultivate, <laughs> recultivate to social life. My texting style is very much like – a paragraph I wrote two hours ago. I'm like, hi, looking forward to today's show. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking could happen. And then, and then Millie's like, I've got eight other things I think we should add. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, never apologize. <laughs> like, what about this? What about this? No, I've what had about- to learn from my co-hosts specifically who are also my friends. I used to be a little bit more like, you guys, I have two meetings before the podcast and I couldn't possibly read all of those articles. And I had to learn that y'all are just like, yeah, this is just like, because I think you think it's interesting. Like, we're, yeah. we're not everything we yeah. send you is an assignment, Amanda. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, oh, if you're looking for more stuff, yeah, I know. this is I what people this was... are arguing on Twitter about two days yeah. ago that I think is funny. <laughs> not, you have to read everything. I've definitely had a, a couple unhinged reactions to like Sammy and Caitlin, like, guys, I'm busy. And they're like, cool, then we'll talk about it later. <laughs> It's uh, like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries. But I, you know, yeah, people, I, I, the, the texting style I admire the most is the people that will kind of drop off, but they'll come back just as present as they were. And it's like, that's a bitch with boundaries. It's like, she mm-hmm. remembered, she wrote it down. Mm-hmm. She's going to come back with you and engage when she actually has, uh, like the, the bandwidth. I aspire to be that, but then I sometimes find that I don't like push myself enough. Like when I am like feeling like social and like I have that, I need to force myself to be like, okay, make some plans with people when you're feeling it so that you're forced to yeah. socialize. Well, plan it also weeks in advance. And then and then you'll like, okay, three weeks from now I have dinner yeah. with a friend. And then you just do that. And then the texts are not as weighty because you actually had a conversation. Yeah. That brings us to our first segment, of course, Republican You Not. Today, Republican You Not, come to billionaire celebrity weddings. Mm. Apparently, Ron DeSantis doesn't know that billionaire celebrity weddings are just for corporate Democrats. I will never forget, <laughs> like, Nancy Pelosi, like, <laughs> officiating, like, a Getty wedding. Ugh. Yes. Only only for the rich California Democrats. Didn't Kirsten Cinema officiate, like, a yeah, wedding? Yeah, definitely. Ruth Bader Ginsburg officiated definitely. a wedding. Another probably corporate Dem. Yeah, I would. I would officiate yeah. a billionaire wedding. I would ask for a stipend. I would do that shit for free. I'm officiating my brother's wedding, and that but he don't got money, so <laughs> that's probably why you're doing it. I asked a friend after I asked a professional, and it was very expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
But um, so do you guys know who Nicola Peltz Beckham is? What's your understanding of her? Oh, man. Well, if you're a hooligan like me and Amanda, you know that uh, Daily Mail is obsessed with the Beckhams. And yeah. also, Nicola and Victoria, Posh Spice, do not like each other. And also, Brooklyn Beckham has failed in many, many creative pursuits. He was trying to be a photographer. He was trying to be a chef. He was trying to be a footballer. There's a lot to know about them. And, le- and yet nothing. Mm-hmm. Her one acting credit was... Um- Avatar The Last Airbender. So I thought you were going to say that, Millie. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she has like a very, very short. So she's a young, rich person who is married to Brooklyn Beckham. So she was born to extreme wealth. Her family are millionaires, and her dad is actually a huge Republican donor and Trump supporter. She recently married Brooklyn Beckham. I believe he's the oldest child, right, of Victoria and yeah. David Beckham. And he's a chef. He's a photographer. He's chef. like Barbie in that he has every job. He's tried every career. Every job, no and genitals. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so apparently this wedding was a bit of a disaster to plan. Uh, we'll get into a specific angle of that, but there's a lot here. Like apparently yeah. like nobody gets along. But the reason we know a lot of this is because the Peltz family is now suing their wedding planners. So as an aside, these wedding planners were last minute hires after the original wedding planners dropped out. And then these planners being sued eventually quit as well. So it doesn't sound like this is a very pleasant group to work with. These billionaires are suing and as we'll discuss soon, really embarrassing themselves for $159,000 that they say that these wedding planners are not giving back. Now, I, listeners, I searched, like, are are they saying no emotional damages? We're suing for millions. But when you are a billionaire, surely the legal fees, I get doing some things out of principle. Mm -hmm. And maybe they feel really strongly this is they need to do this out of principle. But I just can't imagine being a billionaire and suing for $160,000. Yeah, they're suing for like their deposit back or something. And the deposit is $150 million. I mean, just the very fact that their original wedding planners dropped out last minute. Some crazy shit was going on there because if you are planning a billionaire wedding, you are probably someone who is used to pretty high level, Mm -hmm. intense clientele. Mm -hmm. And that is probably something that you are very like app adapted to handle. So for them to drop out last minute, it's like, what was going on there? And $159,000 is not a lot for billionaires. Like how many hundreds of thousands of dollars like they have millions of hundreds of thousands of dollars that's the thing yeah but one hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars for wedding planning deposit yeah is a fucking lot of money so again these people are used to uh putting up with a bunch of bullshit about napkins and tablecloths and all this stuff so yeah it's i have to say too amanda you said that Nicola Peltz was in Avatar The Last Airbender, and she uh-huh. is, But and I was surprised and disappointed in myself for not knowing it, but she's actually in the live-action movie, and <laughs> if you know anything, you know that the, the Avatar The Last Airbender fans My mistake. do not acknowledge that movie. It, <laughs> it was completely cast by white people. It is, it is a mistake and all that stuff, so I will, again, mm-hmm. rise. It is really just the performing Last Airbender face. It is not actually... <laughs> Well, she played an indigenous. No. <laughs> yeah, that's all problem. Anyway. No. Um, no, I mean, this young lady, like, I don't really, there's, so we'll get into the the specific Republican United all, but did you guys read any more of the text? I mean, in one of the texts, it's very funny because Brooklyn Beckham is sharing all of these ideas 
that are not good ideas. And everybody in the <laughs> chat is like, genius, marvelous. We must do that. His idea is that he thinks there should be two separate burgers. There's one regular burger burgers. and then there's a bur- burger for ladies that doesn't have a bun. It's just the lettuce. <laughs> and everyone in the chat is like, what a, what an amazing idea. Women would Just never touch a car. That one of his professions is chef. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and he goes, burger for girls. <laughs> Let's spitballing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's and, and this is why it, I guess I could understand if out of principle, a lot of really rich people um are cheap and are don't let this kind of thing go out of either a good principle or they're just like, you do not deserve any of my wealth. And I mean, yeah, these people shouldn't keep the deposit. But if I were a billionaire, for me, opportunity cost, cost-benefit analysis, do yeah. I want everyone in my fucking family looking like an idiot to to recoup what what to these people is relative to honestly like less than a nickel probably? I don't I have know. like $100. Yeah. And honestly – how many okay. subscriptions have you forgot to cancel? Like, there's this thing, there's this saying that is the a hood. functional impact. Exactly. There's a saying where it's like, charge it to the game. You mm. got to just, it's not worth it. I also have to say, Nicola, a lot of people gave Naomi Biden shit, but Nicola's five years older than her man. So, just letting you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. again. There, there is a little bit of raising that is going on from Nicole. Like d- marrying someone five years younger than you, you're you're raising him a little bit, especially when you're in your yeah. like early twenties. Exactly, that's, a, that's yeah. a big fucking gap. He's twenty three, she's twenty eight. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so she's basically thirty, and he's basically 10, yes. 11 years old. Well, so. he's basically burgers saying, for girls age. Yeah, burgers for yeah, girls. Yeah, he's with burgers lettuce. for girls. Which you can order off menu at In and Out, guys. Just yeah. so you know, it's a great thing to have if you want that. You know, a low glycemic option. It is not a culinary um, masterpiece by Brooklyn Beckham. Okay, so why are we talking about this? Ron DeSantis is involved. Because of this lawsuit, we also have these delicious court documents featuring texts about Ron DeSantis. So, you know, for anything we might want to say about her taste, Nicole and her mom sent numerous texts to the wedding planner reiterating that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis should not be on the list. I, I'm not sure why she was concerned about that, probably if her dad's like a Republican mega donor. Did they even get married in Florida? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they did. Probably. They did. So that's why. So, um, girls, should we do a dramatic reading of these texts? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is Elise Morales as Nicola Peltz, Amanda, me um, as her mother, Claudia, and Millie as the ill-fated wedding planner, Ariana. Elise, take it away. <clears throat> DeSantis must be off the guest list. Please confirm. Important first thing in AM. Did you see him on the list I sent today? I've triple checked, even with Tony, unless he has an artistic name that goes by La Face Emoji, he's not there. Tony said Ron DeSantis is not on the list. Correct. Correct. Nick, as far as I'm aware, all political guests were removed from the list she sent me. So that's it. <laughs> this is the extent <laughs> of the Ron DeSantis. Just repeated checking with Tony to make sure that Ron DeSantis was off the list. It, this is interesting because it's like in the context of, I believe some of the texts from this wedding have also exposed that uh, Nicola's mother spent a shitload of money that she did not tell like the father about and yeah. like it was a lot of, of that but um this is so funny that that even yeah. these billionaires out of touch billionaires were like not Ron DeSantis. Well, then it's yeah. like political guests so you're like <laughs> But she's yeah, 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 yeah. Ron DeSantis. 
It seems like she was definitely most concerned with Rhonda Sanders. I mean, I'm 100% with Nicola here. If I got <laughs> sent a guest list to confirm for my wedding and Ron DeSantis's name was on there, I'd be pretty concerned. I'd, I'd say top priority is to make sure this person's not here. Um, and I honestly think that as in, in defense of Nicola's mom, as the wife of a billionaire, I think one of the things that you should be able to expect to do is spend a bunch of money you don't tell your husband about on your daughter's crazy wedding. I think that's like an unspoken agreement between a billionaire and his wife. This is like... There was a controversy a few months ago about a real house, the real housewives of Potomac. These women started arguing and one of them threw wine in the other one's face. And it's and people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe. And it's just like, look, those are the two. Listen, billionaires, billionaires wife is going to spend a lot of money on your fucking daughter's crazy ass wedding. Housewives are going to throw wine at each other's face if they're arguing. Like, those are mm-hmm. just facts. And the earth is round. Like, come mm-hmm. on. You know? They're, like, what, what are we What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And Rhonda Sanders ain't invited. Yep. In my DBT therapy group, we work on radical acceptance. And I believe both of the things you just listed are two things that just must be radically accepted, mm-hmm. which is that if you're a billionaire, your wife is going to spend untold insane amounts of money on your daughter's crazy wedding housewives are going to throw wine at each other women do not Ron need DeSantis is not invited yes. women don't need hamburger there should be burgers for girls no hamburger <laughs> buns it's the buns because if you're already eating a hamburger no, but he specifically though. was like he was like um we should have it that way which would be cool and he spelled it witch as in like the wrong witch brooklyn the finest brooklyn schools doesn't. in england <laughs> i don't think he's like hot enough to warrant exactly I mean, I imagine maybe there's just the prestige of like being a Beckham and being proximity to David and Victoria. But maybe he has like a swag, an untold swag that I've, you know, yeah, don't yeah. know. But yeah, you have to see it in person. Yeah, like Amanda's seeing Joe Manchin. Yes, like yeah, Joe. you see him in person <laughs> and suddenly swag. <laughs> you see uh, him in person and suddenly you're like, just just beef patties and romaine for me. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. All right. Now for our next segment, you heard it here second. So, you know, this is really, I've been feeling the two a week schedule because there is just so many big news things that like we try to stuff into the next show, but then we don't even get to it because we have other things. So 
you know, you definitely heard it here second about some texts uh, involving Fox News personalities that came out in their suit with Dominion Voting Systems. So as we've discussed previously, Dominion Voting Systems filed a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News, alleging that the network purposely aired false claims about the company's role in the 2020 presidential election and that they did this to boost ratings. All the claims are extreme, of course, but the the big one, and I think the one that Dominion is really like, this was fucked up, is that Fox News basically allowed pundits to say that Dominion somehow helped Venezuela rig elections for dictator Hugo Chavez. And Dominion's like- Dead. (laughs) Been dead. Been dead. Yeah, back in the day, they they secretly did it. (laughs) He's been dead for, I feel like, 10 years, no? Yeah, I think he died in like 2014. So hold on. Honestly, maybe Trump's been dead for 10 years, too. He died in 2013. Yeah, 10 years. So, 10 years. so you imagine been... how appalled Fox News is that Dominion could put a dead man into power. He died within one year of the second Obama administration. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. it's interesting that he didn't put any of his election plans into place in the, the election that came after. It's only two later that from beyond the grave, he was able Out of the to... Good- <laughs> Right. <laughs> delayed, <laughs> delayed gratification. Yeah, he was also six, so it wasn't even like he was ruling, whatever. But also, I'm like, election tech. You guys should be on the jury, Henderson. <laughs> well, he wasn't I, even, I, I believe he had a flu, yeah. Ugh. Well, election tech also has changed so much in 10 years. Exactly, exactly. I mean, similar, yeah. So. Well. As these pundits spread conspiracy theories about Dominion and allowed guests to make false statements about the company, they were privately telling one another how insane these claims were. I think <laughs> we've had sort of like, um, sort of like dribbling. I don't know what, of, of this before. Of like, yeah, they knew th- what they were doing, of course. But these texts are sort of like the most explicit proof of that. Texts and emails between prominent Fox personalities prove they did not believe the baseless and dangerous allegations. They allowed people like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell to share on their programs. So the tech show, Fox personalities and executives start to panic as their ratings decreased following the call of Arizona for Joe Biden. I'm going to be trying something lately, and I don't know if it's going to work, but I just don't really like saying Fox News anymore. Like, I think they made a reference to some mm-hmm. pod save, and it's like, yeah, they're not fucking news. They're they're a propaganda outlet. So just going to call them Fox. So yeah. competitors like Newsmax and OANN. OAN. I, I, I think they always just Why? say OAN. Oh, yeah. You can't say own because that's Oprah. Right. It's not. It's definitely not the yeah. own network. It's no Super Soul Sundays on, on OAN. So basically, competitors like them were taking the viewers after the Arizona call because member of it was like, what the fuck? And they were seducing them with their election fraud lies. So basically, Fox News was like, we got to get our main audience back. But among them, they were very like aware that the way that they were going to do that was, you know, based on lies. Tucker Carlson told a producer directly that Cindy Powell is lying. I caught her. It's insane. With Laura Ingram replying that Cindy Powell is a complete nut. (sighs) Tucker Carlson also told his colleague Laura Ingram, our viewers are good people and they believe it. I mean, half of that is true. Well, we'll get to that. But Fox personalities continued to uplift her claims. She went on Tucker Carlson's show. Tucker Carlson was like, yeah, I'd love to see more evidence. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Um, and, you know, who do you think we texted in response to these appearances? Terrible stuff damaging everybody, I fear. None other than Rupert Murdoch himself, who runs the whole shebang. A couple more here. Tucker Carlson also texted Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity. This trio are featured prominently about a Fox reporter who fact-checked one of Trump's inaccurate claims. And Tucker Carlson texted, please get her fired. It needs to stop immediately, like tonight. It's measurably hurting the company. The stock price is down. Not a joke. 
I mean, if you, you couldn't write a more villainous text than that. That's crazy. And one more interesting note for color is that the network's leaders knew that they were a propaganda outlet even before those, you know, months between the election and January 6th. Another text shows one executive, this is my favorite, telling a colleague that the North Koreans do a more nuanced show than Lou Dobbs. This is a Fox News executive. <laughs> I mean, it's real, like, not to go too off a tangent, but there's like a North Korean YouTuber who like literally does state run propaganda and she'll even acknowledge like, yeah, there's a, you know, like she'll tell the truth sometimes a little bit mm-hmm. on that where there, these motherfuckers are just straight up lying. And just for, I'm just like, can't you guys do an award show? Can't you get three <laughs> doors down to come on? Can't, there's so many things y'all can do to get your ratings up. Get a Kardashian. Give Kanye West his own hour of television. I bet you, Fox, like just a million ways. Don't say, don't speak that into existence. <laughs> but I mean, listen, these motherfuckers, like people died because of the coup that they fucking started. And Dominion, like people aren't, you know, Dominion suing because they've ruined their company's reputation. Yeah. And like people were threatened. People were threatened. Like all these people were like poll workers were threatened. And like, People are doubting their company tech because these people wanted to just save their stock price. And at some point, something's got to fucking give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what really like is, I mean, it's just the texts are disturbing. It's not stuff that we didn't know, but to see it laid out so plainly is wild. But the thing that does genuinely trouble me is that it seems very clear that the only lesson that Fox News took from the 2020 election is that they should not have called Arizona for Joe Biden, even though that was correct and true. And so now I feel like when we get to 2024, the lesson Fox News is taking into battle is like, we are not going to call this election for the Democrat ever. Or like, if it's close, we're not saying shit and i think the fact that they were actually the first ones to call arizona for joe biden did have a hugely legitimizing effect on the win even though like fox sucks and another network calling it should be the same like the fact that they did that and the lesson they got from that is we should not have engaged in a real way in the election at all. And we need to immediately stop engaging in a real way in the election and just tell our viewers what they want to hear. Like that is scary to me because I just, the way our system is set up, we're going to have ridiculously close elections for a long time coming now, even though they're not actually that close. When you look at the popular vote and things like millions. Yeah. The way that our elections are going to shake out until truly major changes are made in this country that we don't even have the infrastructure to make right now. Like, we're going to be having close and close and close elections. Whoever, if it's Ron DeSantis versus Joe Biden, if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, it's going to be weirdly close because of how our elections work. And so it's scary that what their takeaway from this is, is we shouldn't have called Arizona, even though that was correct. And actually many groups have gone back and fucking hand counted the ballots and they were correct. Mm -hmm. And I hope their ass gets sued. This is the most American thing I'm going to say, but I hope their ass gets sued five times to next Wednesday because (laughs) 
That's the only way these motherfuckers can learn. They're literally doing this not because it's right, not because it's the right thing to do, not because they care. These people do not care about their viewership. Their viewership do not like does not have a connection to their family, like ostracized. They're making these people anxious and scared of the impending future that's less white and more multicultural. They are literally negatively affecting people's lives for fucking money so that they can get 10 more cents on a stock buyback or whatever. And you know what? Mm-hmm. These mo- They don't care about any of the fucking... They don't even care that people died. People literally died because these people want... And people... contemplated uh, ending their lives were harassing poll workers who make no fucking money and like as someone who poll worked that shit sucks it was I'm happy I did it and I will do it again but it's not a glamorous job and these people encourage people to fucking harass them all so that they can get 10 more cents 25 cents more on their fucking stock so that their daughter can have a stupid ass wedding with the fucking you know like this is what so you know what Sue their ass. Sue all of them. Fuck them. And fuck Fox. And you know what? It is very hard to sue people for defamation. It is very hard to show that they had actual malice and that they, you know, journalists, I think, technically can report on news that ends up being wrong, but they can't. I don't think they can promote it when they know that it's wrong. And, you know, everything that we've said isn't even the worst of it. A lot of the memo is redacted, including some of those internal... um, deliberations. I know the New York Times is trying to get access to those. And Fox's defense is that they were covering the claims because they mirrored what Trump was saying and were therefore newsworthy. I do wonder if they've covered the newsworthiness of what we're talking about now and told their own viewers what their own fucking text said. Because like, this is the kind of shit where it's like, I do feel like some Fox viewers could see these exact texts and feel betrayed because they're real. But like, how do we get them in? How do we get them in front of them? Like we're so disconnected and have different media environments that like, I don't even personally know anyone that I watches know. Fox News that I can send this to, but I mean, we're going to try to put up some assets today that are like literally says, send this to somebody who listens to Fox News, to Tucker Carlson literally saying, this is hurting our stock price. doesn't care about you. Yeah. And also just literally saying Sidney Powell is a psycho. <laughs> She's it, 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 like, I caught Laura her Ingram at one point, truly Tucker Carlson is like, she's lying and she's a nut and Laura Ingram goes yeah Rudy too yeah. and it's like these are they're putting these people on their network and acting like they're legitimate and I do have members of my family who watch Fox News have been lost in certain ways to Fox News and I kind of am interested to know like if this information is getting to them mm-hmm. and if it did get to them in what way and how is it being justified? I mean, not to be exactly. the one who always ruins the family reunion, but I am kind of well, interested to know next time I see them be like, I mean, have you seen Right. This? I'd just love to hear them explain why they still feel like Fox News is, is, a, is a legitimate news outlet that deserves their attention and they believe what they well, say. Well, I can't help but think of the family of one of the guys who was sent to jail for 13 or 14 years because of the January 6th insurrection and his daughters who look like perfectly fine young women were like, it's fucking crazy that my dad is going to jail for 13 years for following and listening to people who have, are getting no repercussions. Like you're like talk, but this is what I'm saying, right? 
Laura Ingram's family still talks to her, like a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Tucker Carlson still has, like his whole family, they're alive, they're well, they're all vaccinated, they're all going to good schools, That's they're learning a lot. Like, that's the thing is like, we can send it to these people, but these people are the ones, sadly, bearing the brunt of the repercussions of the Fox. And like, it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to send it to them, but these people are so long gone. And it's like, they don't like, maybe they care, maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, the people who have caused the most harm to their own viewers are Fox News anchors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the Murdochs, evil. Apparently they, you know, this is sort of the most likely to succeed defamation case that, you know, people have seen for a while because of all of the information, because like literally they were saying it on TV and it's all recorded and um, just obviously a healthy amount of evidence that they knew that they knew that they were lying. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. I also want to have a quick discussion about age and politics today. So this has come up quite a bit over the last week and change, beginning with Nikki Haley's vow in her presidential announcement to enforce mental competency tests for all politicians <laughs> over 75, which is in America, a large proportion of our lawmakers. So this this is an old headline, but we got some an update. This prompted Don Lemon to say out loud at his job, where I'm sure he has paid very well to get drunk every New Year's, that Nikki Haley is one to talk as a 52-year-old woman who has passed her prime because women reached their prime in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, I mean, we all saw this clip. It's like it couldn't have been a worse thing to say. Don Lemon didn't show up for a couple days. He kind of didn't apologize at first and then did an actual apology. And now he will reportedly undergo formal training. That's the extent of what we know. What that training looks like will not be specified, but CNN lead Chris Licht said that this, quote, balances accountability with fostering a culture in which people can own, learn, and grow from their mistakes. I mean, Don Lemon says things to women on CNN all the time that are not appropriate. So I just, I don't really know why he gets to still work there. Yeah, well, bro, Don Lemon had a really, like, was really problematic and really gross and had a rebrand. I think post-2016, something happened and something shifted where he started getting 
he started mm-hmm. getting it more because this is the same guy who like interviewed a Cosby victim um, who was talking about, you know, her assault or something and how she was forced to do. So- and then Don Lemon literally was like, why didn't you just bite him? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's there's yeah exactly He's, not, not, not insignificant an, an amount of those. yeah yeah yeah. Why didn't you just bite him? Like when she was, I mean, I don't trigger warrant, you know, but yeah, like when yeah. she was like forcibly having to give oral sex to Bill Cosby. Also, he gave people quaaludes. Like that's <laughs> exactly yeah. Donald no, also okay, has said he said like end of last year that equal pay for women's soccer players is unfair. He's and, an idiot. And, and he yeah. interrupts like his his female co-host all the time. I mean, Poppy Harlow apparently like walked off set after that. I, I would too. I mean, what he said was so just to have him like at at an hour where so many people are watching news to just see that is such a slap in the face. Because even as pessimistic as I am, like really, dude, is this how men think? Like, what yeah, are you it's talking also about? so like make me make me sim for Nikki Haley. I know, I know exactly. I know. She's he's. What she's talking about are mental competency tests related to potential declines that people see in old age. Well, thanks. <laughs> what he's talking about is like a person's sexual peak. Nikki Haley is so not saying weird. that at all of our, which also I disagree with that a woman at 52 can't be in like Don a sexual peak of her life. sex with women anyway. Right. He just does it. Like, He's gay. Yeah. Like, but it's also like, <laughs> but it, again, Nikki Haley is not talking about making sure that all of our leaders are in their sexual prime. She's talking about uh, making yeah. sure that they have like cognitive, they're not showing signs of cognitive decline. Yeah. Which- Don Lemon is like commenting on like, just like that memes, like these old hags. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the comedy concert. Really? No. Um, honestly, this Nikki Haley thing really reminds me, as an extremely online person, of that Onion article that says, terrible guy, like, worst guy you know has right Has a great point, yeah. Has a great point, and it's like, fuck. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, this yeah. brings us kind of into our next conversation, which, you know... Don Lemon really took up all the oxygen about the mental competency and age thing. But, you know, this this proposal does come at a time that we settle into the fact that Joe Biden is definitely running again. And, you know, I think will likely be the nominee short of something really um, unfortunate happening for him or the country that he botches. And I think we all hope that does happen, meaning he would end his second term at 86 years old. 81-year-old Bernie Sanders called Haley's competency test suggestion absurd on Face the Nation this weekend. He said, we are fighting racism, we're fighting sexism, we're fighting homophobia. I think we should also be fighting ageism. He added, there are a lot of 40-year-olds out there who ain't particularly competent. Older people, you know, you look at the individual, I don't think you make a blanket statement. I think that, I think I agree with everything he said there. Um, But, you know, do you guys think we need to be having a serious conversation about at what age it's not appropriate for people to be in politics or be in an elective office? What do you make of this sort of ambient discussion of old people and politics? Which we talk about a lot. I'm, I do kind of, I'm not sure if a mental competency test is the answer, but I do, I think maybe term limits are more of an answer. That's easy and not ageist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's just more making sure that 
people are who are in office are like actively engaged in the the work of being an elected official and not coasting on a reputation or just holding on to a seat well into a time when maybe they should not be there because it is like it you know i mean we have rules that say you can't run until you're 34 Mm -hmm. but it is difficult to point down when a person like to put an age on when a person doesn't get to contribute to this anymore i think that old like people who are old have wisdom to impart they've seen a lot like there is a value to their input um yeah like i think about bernie i don't particularly think bernie should be president at this point but but i think that he brings a lot of valuable contributions to different to conversations liz warren's in her 70s too so it's like i don't i don't know if mental competency tests are the answer but i do think we have a problem with a significant portion of our Congress being much older than even the average American age and that we need to find a way for there to be more of a balance of different age groups to be represented in Congress so that all these different levels of experience and understanding are being brought to the table to make laws. Cause I remember like when we, when Facebook had those hearings, we had people who were like, I can't find my password. And I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, that's not a- um, like it was like Chuck Grassley was like 80 and he was like, but when I log on to Facebook, I only see my yes. friends. And like, there's I'm nothing like, about being 86 that um, implicit, like that has to dictate your technological savvy or your like ability to understand modern culture. But it's certainly you have to make more of an effort at that age, which I don't think a lot of our politicians do. And yeah, I think that I agree with like you can't make a blanket statement. Like you were saying, Elise, I think a lot of our the issues that we have with a lot of the very elderly people in Congress, I mean, there are you know, we've all heard things about Diane Feinstein where where maybe she should have stepped down earlier, maybe she should step down now. Um, mm-hmm. and people have had said why they think that, but it's more just like hoarding the the positions. And I think about this a lot because like, you know, as much as I say step down, why are they keeping the seats? Why don't they make room? They continue to get elected, you know? So it's yeah. like I don't know what I'm necessarily asking for because you also have to balance like the best way to get many years of experience in Congress is to age. And those are the people that can sort of like lead committees. And so you don't really want to lead, you know, Chuck Schumer is going to get up there soon, but he's real fucking powerful. And I like my senator having a lot of power um, in the Senate. So I feel like that's why term limits are really potentially the answer because it lets everybody, you know, it forces a reset. Well, there are old people in this country. And the thing is, like, when you think about politicians, they're supposed to be representatives of everybody. You know what I mean? So there, and there's a lot of elder abuse in this country, you know? So it it is like good in general to have older people holding out for the interest of this certain segment of population. But I think what we, you know, we've all shared earlier is that the it's disproportionate to the amount of people. And again, when we're talking about how this country is fifty percent women, and we don't have, or or the amount of queer people, or the amount of people of color, like even and even Gen Z and younger, you know. And I think also um, what happens is that 
politicians that have been there for a long time. Like these are the way things work or, or, you know, all this stuff. Like there's an argument being made about the people who are making laws now are not going to live long enough Mm -hmm. to see the effects of their laws 10, 20 years from now. But people who will, they should be able to have a say or more of a say or have a bigger purpose. Those are like the arguments because it's really nice for someone who's in their 80s to be like climate change isn't real, but they're not having to live in or or somebody who's owned a home or has a family home, you know, and has real estate in their family for many de- generations, mm-hmm. not to care about protecting, you know, like protecting land or, or you know what I mean, where where there are real young like concerns for young people. Again, like student loan debt, like all this stuff that are just not priorities that need to be addressed and would be addressed quicker if there was more space for younger people or people who have more of a connection to a bigger uh, segment of our population. So that is just something I was just thinking. And like a good, yeah, exactly. And obviously just because a member is old doesn't mean they like don't care about long-term impacts. And Ed Markey is a great example of that. He's like leading the Green New Deal. But of course, there are plenty of of senators who, you know, they would rather keep, you know, winking at this fossil fuel company who's going to help them have a cushier retirement in three years then, you know, I would prefer that they think about their their grandchildren having a habitable planet. But yeah, so definitely lots of like elements there, but certainly nobody's suggesting that old people have no place in government, but there's just like a lot of factors that give them disproportionate power over literally every single law. And that ought to be considered. Yeah, I just one other thing that I'm thinking while we're on it is I feel like Democrats, like we're seeing the issue with the fact that people are just allowed to hang on to seats and hang on to seats and be these legacy people for so long in the fact that Democrats are kind of in this situation where, I mean, Joe Biden's definitely running again and his support among Democrats is like rising, but a lot of people, including people around him, do feel that he's going to be pretty old to be running. But we also don't, and we've discussed this on the podcast, we don't have a bench of younger people who have been set up to succeed him. And so it's like, when we talk about alternative candidates to Joe Biden, a lot of them are 75, 80 years old too. And so it's like, when there is no system in which we're like forcing new blood and new people and new ideas, then we now have kind of, at least on the Democratic side, there is kind of this issue of, like an age gap. Yeah, because you've between, got Tim like, Scott, got Nikki young... Haley, Ron DeSantis on the Republican side. They're they're yeah, young they're and ready. All like fifty in their fifties, which is actually uh like yeah. kind of prime time <laughs> yeah. to become like a national political figure and maybe run for the presidency in like but we have, you know, Pete all these people who could Kamala, maybe do yeah. it if they got in the right spot, but all of them seem to really not be in the right position. And I think it's because, especially on the Democratic side, we really had a lot of people who just hang on to a seat for a really, really long time. And they don't, I mean, and it's not even like it's encouraged to embrace younger, like they're not really sharing power or, you know, like it's just not, at least public facing, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're not letting, you know, again, the rising stars make statements or do this or, or really putting their support behind either. They're like, you're young. 
I know everything. This is how things work. You're going to submit and what, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's twofold. It's like they're mm-hmm. hanging on to power and they're not really embracing newer people either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are real fixes that are not, you know, ban old people. These are all doable things. Make sure you're cultivating a better bench and prioritizing the voices of people that aren't the head of the committees, but need to be the head of the country someday. Okay, to end, we are back for this week's edition of Are Men Okay? Not me. Goat's milk latte drinking. M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is Avoc- unappealing. Avocado toast eating insiders elite. That does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. Today, we're no. going to discuss, <laughs> spoiler alert, the latest iteration of this new trend of conservative men being emasculated by environmentalism. This week, the right-wing commentator, Jordan Peterson, complained about a mm-hmm. sign in Vancouver that asked for people to use less to- paper towels and maybe even maybe even compost them afterwards. So we're looking at this tweet of Jordan Peterson posting a picture of this, you know, very polite message that you don't need a ton of a ton of paper towels. I saw this and was like, you're l- fucking lucky to have paper towels. I got to do an air dryer everywhere I, I go. I know. I'm, in, I'm putting my hands in the Dyson. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting my pants wet. But anyway. Jordan Peterson, not happy about this. In response to this polite suggestion to maybe use less paper towel, he tweeted, up yours, woke moralist. Tyranny is always petty, and petty tyranny will not save the planet. He followed up that tweet with another that says, why does this bother me? Because one, it's celebrated. Two, it's everywhere, and people are willfully blind to it. Amanda, what you're missing out is that there is actually a holiday and a parade for this paper towel machine sign. And that's why it's celebrated <laughs> because we literally have a day. Pageants. Yeah, pageants. Um, kids are off from school to celebrate. Everybody knows the paper, paper the don't use paper towels celebration of every yeah, of, of every single year. But you know, Jordan, of course, is enjoying his Twitter privileges thanks to Elon Musk, who brought him back after he'd been banned for hate speech about Elliot Page. But Peterson isn't the first man to crumble at the suggestion of minimizing one's carbon footprint. You would literally think that like their dick size relates to their carbon footprint. They're like, I got to fly a jet everywhere. This outburst Mm -hmm. comes about a month after conservatives criticized Xbox for improving the energy efficiency of their video game consoles. (laughs) Xbox was like, we want to do our part to minimize our carbon footprint and your electric bill. Like, win-win. These changes would not have any negative impact on consumers. They've Xbox has, has made the changes nearly imperceptible. The one sort of noticeable thing, I believe, is that Xboxes will automatically put consoles in power saving mode instead of sleep mode, meaning it will take 15 seconds to boot back up instead of zero. So you're so like every piece of tech that we have already. I can't tell the difference between but, zero <laughs> seconds and 15 seconds. I don't know what these guys guys could do plenty. I don't know what they could do in that 15 seconds, something productive. But because of this, they're freaking out. This led one Fox News host to lament, it's crazy what they're doing. They're trying to recruit your kids into climate politics at an earlier age. Now the woke brigade is after video games. They want to take your guns. They want to take your gas stoves. And now they want to take your Xbox. What's next? What is this about? Um, You know what's so crazy is that isn't it kind of the stereotype of a dad to turn off all the lights and to like conserve right? energy for the light that bulb? That was me and my dad's biggest uh, yeah. a point of contention yeah. was light the turning off of my light. My dad would fucking have the AC on. 60 degrees all the time in, this, in the winter. 
Yeah, but 80 like, in the summer. Yeah, in Florida. I was, it was 80. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. No, my dad was an open the window dad too, even in Virginia, which is swampy as well. And How did this I would reversal like, happen? Oh my God, it's human. It's human. We have to. So yeah. does George Peterson <laughs> go around just turning all the lights on, <laughs> like putting the fans on, blasting the TVs as much as possible? Yeah, that's what is so funny to me is that he's like, it's not going to save the planet to do this. And I'm like, okay, do you have, do you do anything else to save the planet in your, do you, are there any planet saving measures that you do advocate no. for? Because I imagine it's none. Like, okay, like if you're trying to make a point about how individual responsibility is nothing compared to corporations, make that's that one point. point. But I don't think no. that's, I don't think that's what Jordan Peterson is doing here. And it's like, no one is going to put a gun to your head if you use as many paper towels as you want, Jordan Peterson. First of all, let's be real. Right. Here. No one's policing this. Nobody is like, actually, no sir, you took more than an arm's length. At that For, point, let's be real. You want to say, oh, this is tyranny? Sure, Jordan Peterson, say it. I, I'm fine with it, but sure, say it. Nobody's watching this man. But also, we know men don't wash their hands. So, like, we're talking about bathrooms and all this stuff. They're not washing their hands. Come on. No. So, whatever. You don't want to, you want to use as much paper towel? Go ahead. But, like, no one is fucking policing. And then it's also like, obviously, you don't know what tyranny is. If you think tyranny is someone telling you to use less paper towels, there's a sign from the city of Vancouver <laughs> telling Jeez. you to chill right. out. Politely telling you, hey, Maybe we could have, we could, you could use less paper towel. But I guess like this is a bigger problem or this is a bigger indication or conversation of like, what is masculinity? What does it mean to be a man? And sometimes I feel like the, the, the Republican image of masculinity and being a man is really this rugged individualism where it's like, I cannot even think of, I do not want to do anything that would not even like that would consider someone else, not even mildly inconvenience myself. Cause it's not a mildly mild inconvenience to use less paper towels, but it's like, I don't want to drive a car that might be a little smaller. That's safer. You know what I mean? That That's a huge problem we have is that the fucking trucks are so much bigger and the truck beds are so small, like so much smaller. And it it's just there's the survivability rate for that shit is whatever but yeah it's about the fucking uh, like not smoking place it's just all this stuff where it's like oh that's what it means to be a man is to not consider anybody's fucking feelings and, and or your impact on anyone's like what you do your actions it's like and the gas stove thing i mean i know we've <laughs> talked about it here but it's like there are environmental concerns about the gas stove thing but also the main thing is, like, we found that they're really unhealthy yeah. to have in the house and that they cause, like, asthma and stuff. And so it's so crazy to be like, you can't tell me not to give my kids asthma, even though there's a readily available other stove that I could buy that won't give them asthma. Like, right. what are you fighting Especially because, for? like, you can still play your little video games where you can replicate mass shootings. Nobody took that from you. It's just that you got to wait 15 seconds. You just got to wait 15 seconds. But it's also, like... They're not taking the old Xbox from the houses. It's if you have a new no, Xbox, yeah. it's going to be 15 seconds. So that's also, they can, it's in the I same think they're thing doing something stones. to existing consoles and that's what made them like freak out. Like how you dare you come into oh. my home. But yeah, it's, are men okay? Yeah. No. Oh. 
No. No. <laughs> no. No. Are there any – I'm trying to think if there were any, <sighs> like, devices that could be altered that I would have such an extreme, extreme, extreme reaction to. Certainly not. Certainly not an Xbox taking 15 minutes or being gently asked to – to use paper towels. Millie, I mean, I think you had the biggest, the only appropriate response to this, which is like, men aren't washing their hands anyway. They're not you washing your hands. You need zero paper towels. You're not they're washing not. your hands. You're 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 doing your business and then you're going to put those grubby fingers all over your burger bun while we eat our girl burgers and hate you. Girl burgers, baby. That's why we got <laughs> the title of that. <laughs> That's why there's <laughs> fucking burgers. salmonella and E. coli. That's why they have so much. That's why there's so much politics on bathroom stuff about who transgender, all this stuff. It's because they don't want us to know their little secret, and it's that they're not washing their fucking hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. That's really what it was upset at the suggestion that he would even wash his hands. That is our show for today. We will be back on Monday. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.